Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Podcast. It's a different show. I'm still Liz Loza and still, Lord, still sitting next to me is Matt Harmon. But also joining us are the fantasy footballers, Andy this one and Mike. <laughs> this one? Oh, fantastic. Jason. Jason. Hot start. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much for coming in. We we're are actually. I guess we're okay with being here now. <laughs> really excited. Um, this guy. <laughs> Jason, your lack of a bald head. I was just like, oh no, is it Josh? Is yeah, it Jason? The, the hair shockingly grew back enough to keep it, but it'll, it'll go bald again. At some point, when in the I future. saw you in Tampa, I was very I, I went up to you personally and was like, I dig this look. I thought yeah. it was very striking. Was I appreciate test. it. Striking, yes. As, as someone <laughs> that is definitely afraid of losing Jarring. my hair, I J- thought it was comforting that you looked so good. I was huh. like, if Jason can do it, I feel like I have some decent chances. Thanks. I just I feel like when you're bald, you can't also be overweight. So I really gotta work on one. <laughs> Jason, we do not body shame on the really Yahoo Fantasy Football start, Podcast. We do but not, you got the good beard and the glasses. Yeah, which is the glasses huge. help. I mean when you've got a really nice beard and glasses, you're pretty much handsome, right, Herman? I would totally agree. <laughs> Looking good over there. I would totally agree. Um would you guys like to individually introduce yourselves, please? Uh yeah, I mean Andy Holloway. I'm the, the <laughs> Did you the forget tallest. who you were? I'm the tallest of the group. So there you go. I'm that guy. Uh, uh, Jason, uh, I'm the uh, funniest and the one with the best takes. Yeah. I'm Mike. Hey. The hitman. No last name, no. just some tattoos. Oh, well, I'm, look, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm going for a movement. There's a lot of people like Zendaya. They're getting away with one name, Madonna. You Mike, think Mike, Mike is really going to be the, the name that Mike? Mike. Like Britney did it? Oh, well. So now that you put yourself on that playing field. She did make the transition, though. Yeah. I mean, like, when I say Brittany, you know who I'm talking about. I want to, I want people to say Mike, and they know who you're talking well, about. Well, you know, then I think you're going to have to shave your head, because that seemed to help her transition. Her. Yeah. Mm, I look good with a shaved head. <laughs> that worked for Brittany. It did. Yeah, it's good. Right? The residency in Vegas, secondary. Yes. But enough about Brittany, Madonna, Zendaya, <laughs> like, that guy. I want to hear all about how the three, and Matt, I'm sure, wants to hear about it as well, how the three of you came together to create what is now a fantasy empire. What's great is that Matt actually has, he's seen some of the beginnings of the fantasy empire because we used to record our show 
in my son's up, upstairs bedroom and and you actually visited a long time ago and was one of uh, probably our only yes, in bedroom guest in bedroom in guests. bedroom wow. guest which is a uh, rare so, honor it's pretty, 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 pretty rare title uh, for you too, so you know uh, in bedroom cool. guest yeah i did a when i was doing my cross country trip uh the first summer i lived out here in la yeah your dog um, was out uh, with you yeah too. charlie was charlie with was me. there um, he, by the way, now we have to pay him royalties cause we mentioned, oh, yeah. which is he's, a bummer. He's uh, expensive. But, uh, I was up there in Northern Arizona and Mike just DM me. He's like, Hey man, if you're in Arizona, slide like, on down, slide on down. And I was like, I- I'm sure I'd love to. Then I get outside the car and it's freaking like 110 <laughs> degrees. It's a mess down there. So, so, Matt, it's about the ballers actually right now. Right. So well, we're well, gonna, I, I did bring it up, yeah. but yeah, he, I mean, he teed me up. Basically I grew up with Jason. Uh, we all worked together at a gaming company in Scottsdale for, Almost a decade. Part of a decade, yeah. And we, uh, so that's how we got to know each other. We played fantasy there. We spent way too much of our paid work hours that he ran the company, so his money, mm. talking fantasy, thinking about fantasy, torturing people that didn't like fantasy with fantasy talk. Mm-hmm. And eventually, Mike and I just started a podcast for our league. And it was for just you and Mike. Yeah, yeah. me and Mike started for our league for so 10 that, other people. For 10 other people. It wasn't a public facing podcast, it was just. We're going to get on there. We'll talk about our league. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to make it ridiculous. And it was it was great. It was it was outstanding to listen to just them trashing our moves, trashing our team, trashing everyone in the league. You would literally care how you performed in the league so that you'd make the podcast the next week. It was for just really fun just for our <laughs> intimate group. So it was like Belichick on a Monday. Right. Yeah. You want to yeah. make sure you weren't getting skewered. You're but exactly Jason, right. you were in the um League, but not on the show. I was in the league, but not on the show that was about our league. Um, It was after that when they turned it forward facing that I came on and it made it more of a fantasy football advice show. But I think that there's the the roots there of how free, like how free you are when you're just doing it for your 12 buddies. You know, there was there was no buttoned up tight laced like feel to the show. The man. Yeah, the man wasn't there. And so it gave the example of what these two could do when it comes to just having fun talking about fantasy. Um, And I think that helped make that transition work well. It was definitely birthed out of the community aspect of fantasy. Like, that's the fun part. The the connection with the friends, the ridiculous lording victories over each other for no good reason other than that's what you're supposed to do. And so that's what the show was born out of. And that's what, you know, we committed to doing a year-round fantasy football podcast from the beginning. I think we launched the show in February, like right after the Super Bowl, which is probably not when people think <laughs> you should launch a football podcast. But, you know, it was because we wanted content at that time of the year. And so we've just committed to, uh, you know, doing the same show and, and providing that fun, entertaining, hopefully mostly accurate content all the time. And yeah, you got to come be a part of the early days. And then we've, we're in a studio in North Phoenix now. And um, it's fun. Do you remember one of your favorite like the moment you first created a bit, right? Because I think all of us, like oh, you remember yeah. like your, whether it worked or not, your like first your first bit. like bit oh, or joke gosh. and you're like, oh, I'm so deep into this niche thing that I am now making inside jokes within what you some know, may consider yeah. an inside joke. This guy right here is famous for a lot of grammatical errors. Mm, that's oh, true. We what's call up? Him, Do you have Grammarly? We, <laughs> no, please keep no. it away because <laughs> it helped the show. But we call him the grammatical entrepreneur because he takes things into directions that you just don't expect. And it's I kind of like Shakespeare, if you've exactly. ever heard. He coins that's... new words all the time, like, unefficient. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly. a new one from this week. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he wasn't sure he was done. wrong. He's still doing it. But he, he, I remember withstanding victories. Yeah, that's the one that jumps out to me. One. He's just in the middle because he gets passionate. He I'm, gets excited. I'm, I'm riled up talking about, uh, you know, w- whether you would take a guy. I forget who it was. It was suspended for a couple games, and I was saying if you could get a good value and just in those four weeks withstand victories. And then Mike <laughs> I don't even know like, what that means. I no can one always withstand <laughs> victories, and it became this moniker. Yeah, we've got T-shirts made with it. Um, and I would say an early successful, the David Johnson Ooh. bit. We were super oh, yeah. high on David Johnson. This is before he was an Arizona Cardinal, before he was drafted. And then he goes to our hometown Cardinals, and we were in love. And Mike is David sing- Johnson. <laughs> so we start singing. We start singing that every time we mention David Johnson. It just came Johnson. out. I was so happy. And it's great because then we'd get messages from people. You know, they're at a bar watching the game somewhere in the country, and they sing David Johnson. And guy across the bar goes, oh, so it's, uh, you know, these fun little bits that bring people together. I love it. So obviously I mentioned that you guys have created this fantasy empire, right? And um, we are blessed to have you with us. But for those listeners who may not be as familiar with your individual personalities, <laughs> this is not on the outline. So do not look to it for help. I'm just riffing There's here. There's an outline? But, I would say I don't have oh, an great. outline. <laughs> That's what Matt says before every episode, yeah, I usually, too. Don't worry I usually about open it. in about five minutes before we start, too. <laughs> so if you were cast in a movie who is playing you did not necessarily based on look but (laughs) (laughs) i'm just throwing that out there nice uh yeah chris pratt he had that one ready to go yeah well it's just you've been asked this before my my wife uh she she is always saying that i remind her of chris pratt and i think that someday when I get Jurassic Park yoked, yeah, um, then I then that'll make more sense. Now well, I'm more she, Andy Dwyer. She may not <laughs> want to be reminded of that version yeah. of Chris Pratt. So, uh, so yeah, that that's who I would have play me. Chris Pratt. All right, uh, Andy. Um, coach Craig T. Nelson. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I love it. Perfect. So good. Yeah. So Coach was a show that was yeah. around before you. I'm, yeah, I, I'm the <laughs> I'm the dad of of the group. So I mean. What greater TV dad than than uh, what he was in Parenthood? That'll oh, work for man. me. And he's old. I'm, they always call me old. Yeah. I'm the youngest of the group. He's the one. Really? But I'm the oldest of the version. group, right? Okay. You wouldn't have known that. No, not no. at all. No, nobody. Do would. you want a Werther's? I have a Werther's <laughs> with me. Yeah, that would so. be great. Yeah. Always, strawberry always. <laughs> now this so, answer, I'm interested in. This. Oh yeah. my god. So I was, yeah, I'm thinking about it now. Can I put like the cool age? Uh, technology where it makes them look you know, a bit younger. You can do whatever you want here. Okay, well, then I'm going to go with John Stamos. All right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> he's a bit too old. That's why we got That's gotta... not what we're having an issue with. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think you look... What are you talking about? I don't we think have... you look similar at all. We have been comped with the full Wait. house. No, that's true. Okay, no, that's the, happened the re- we've, We're answering this question, and I went with John Stamos, and that, that was the reach, but Jason... Picking Chris Pratt. Oh, that's not a re- Chris that's Pratt not- went through like a renaissance. Like Chris right. Pratt now, married to that Schwarzenegger chick, is not the same Chris Pratt as he was before he and found he fame and fortune. And he did Andy Dwyer yeah. Yeah, Chris I'm, Pratt. I'm and the they bought in on that one. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean? Why can't I be Jurassic Park Chris Pratt? So John Stamos, <laughs> yeah. great, great. Yeah, there you go. Coach T, John well, we, Stamos, We've and had Chris the Full House yes. comparison because I'm the... the uh, He's the Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner. You're the Joey. Oh, cut it And then out. he just defaults to John Stamos again. Yeah, One, default. It always Wink. comes back to Stamos. Don't act like they're not mad Rockstar. about it. I was going to go Dwayne Johnson, but, yeah. 
so John Stamos obviously had a lot of catchphrases. Catchphrases can be considered strategies. Let's move into some football <laughs> talk here. Professional transition. Our yes. listeners have listened to uh, Matt and I honk about all of our strategies. Wait on QB, drum beats, running back doesn't matter, et cetera, et cetera. Maurice Harris is a, is a star in the making. All of these things. It's a new um, one. It's, it's a new one. We're yeah. working it out. It's workshopping. Um, Did you say are, Chris Hogan? Is that what the... Same thing. <laughs> okay, same thing. <laughs> um, so what are some of your strategies when, I mean, we're in draft season. So let's talk about strategies first for draft season. And then if you want to talk about in-season strategies that you're particularly passionate about, we can do that too. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that, you know, we're, we're with you on the late round quarterback thing. I think just all of us are. But one of the things that I've had a lot of success with is trying to identify that that sneaky good tight end at the back of the draft mm. through you know, so, I feel like those guys flash in the preseason. Like, it's hard to to read too much into what happens in the preseason vanilla offenses. But sometimes the athleticism of those tight ends, I can remember, uh, like, Julius Thomas, right? Like, that preseason with Peyton Manning, nobody knew who he was. And he starts, Peyton's going to him over and over again. And there's just nothing quite like having a fantasy team where you paid nothing for this this tight end that ends up in that upper echelon. George I think Kittle. he scored. Yeah. yeah, George Kittle last year was was another good example of that. Um, if you bought in early, if you, you spent up your fab dollars on Kittle early, it, it felt good. So um, I'm always trying to figure out who that next, you know, maybe it's Mark Andrews this year. I don't know. But I mean, that's, 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 that's the top you, of the list the guy for me. this year? Because this year it's it. kind of, they're all those former guys like Kelsey, Kittle, right. even some Ertz. of the hopeful, or some of the hopeful guys right. like Howard, Henry, they're all expensive this year. So who's our, who's our guy this I, year? I think it's Andrews. Andrews is that guy right now for me. It's, you know, he looked like the best tight end of that group they drafted. And then um, all the news has been good so far this year. Nobody really wants to buy into the passing offense in Baltimore, which I don't blame them for. But Andrews, uh, like Kittle, big play guy. You know, you might only need one or two if he can get open. So I don't mind taking like a, you know, last pick shot on Andrews and seeing what I got and then going to the waiver wire. I think he's, I actually, it's ironic you said that. And I love you said that because today, or I should say last week, is he here? I posted, um, he's Come not, on. not here. <laughs> um, Mark. We did a positional strategy series yeah. and I had tight ends. Uh, and Mark Andrews was my late round value there you pick. Go. I love Two it. plays over 60 yards last year as a rookie. So I, I am buying in as well. However, one of the questions that I was tasked with answering was which key stat do I use when evaluating tight end stat, tight end value? And I felt like that was a tough one to answer yeah. for tight ends. I said routes run is obviously important because I want to see their blocking to receiving ratio, right? But Ultimately, target share is so massive because when you look at Ertz and you look at Kittle, there is an opportunity for regression here, especially given their early round draft cost. And when you look at Jared Cook, right, I think you guys, um, in fact, on an episode last week discussed Jared Cook and how he, yes, had an amazing opportunity, but also had the skills to capitalize on mm -hmm. that opportunity, despite maybe not having been so consistent leading up to 2018. So, what stat are you looking at in terms of numbers, not just the preseason for tape, sure? Yeah, I mean, I like those two that you brought up. I also just want my guy on the field, you know, when you're so in the rotation. Percentage. Yeah, snap percentage would be something I'd be looking at just for opportunity. If you're on the field, you get to third down. At tight end, you just don't want to be in that goose category where you get that, you know, Ebron last year even did it a couple times where 
His snap percentage isn't really high. He was great, obviously, but you still sometimes could get hit with a zero from your tight end, and that's what will really kill you on the week. Most of the time you're not. You know, you face Kelsey once a year probably in your fantasy league, but you don't want the goose at the tight end position. Yeah, and Mark Andrews, I mean, he was <laughs> last year when he kind of broke out after Lamar Jackson came, he was his snap percentage was in the 30s, which yeah. you could make the argument, oh, that's terrible, he outperformed. But you could also make the argument, he was a rookie, mm-hmm. probably averaging about 35% of the snaps, and now I think we'd expect him to be up 60s, 70s. Maybe, you know, he can become an every-down player. And so, yeah, breakout potential is there. Over under 70 targets for Mark Andrews. Ooh, um, that's a good line. I'm well, a take. I, I go over. Yeah, I, I, go I over. think over 70. I got him leading the team in targets. What do you have? How many receptions? I've been around 55. Yeah, that sounds right. I'm, the I'll, beautiful, the I'll, beautiful take 50, is, I'll take 55 from Mark Andrews. Uh, that, that would be the nice. The beautiful part is he spent a first-round pick on Hayden, Hayden Hurst, yeah. and is, he's like 28 Hayden years old Hurt. already, <laughs> and, and like we're just not even going to like talk about that because they're going to hit on the third like round. Like Giants guy. Bane. He's canceled. Yeah. Um, <laughs> strategy? Jason, give me so, a strategy. So um, the, the two things that come to mind is I'm going to avoid risk in the early rounds, like the plague. My risky high upside but high chance of busting. I love those picks in, in the late end of the draft, but when I'm using a first or second round pick, that is all I usually think about is just like, look, they're all great. They all have upside. That's why they're in the first round. So – you know, when you're talking about a contract situation, you know, even a month ago before it started to get really serious with Melvin Gordon, we started talking about, like, I'm not drafting Melvin Gordon there because he's, you know, I risk love him. Aversion, he right? was my number five running back, but risk aversion. Why take a risk on that when the guy right behind, when David Johnson well, you brought doesn't up Doug carry Baldwin that? Too, or, like, just people wanting to buy the injury dip on Doug Baldwin. You've been, yeah. you know, do you, you jump in on it because of the what if. I mean, yep. the powerful what if in fantasy. This year, maybe it'll be A.J. Green. Like, ooh, when will he come back? I'm, when, I'm when, trying to not do it. Right? Like, I'm but really it, trying to not do it But he's sitting there, and yeah. it's, it's tempting. Don't do so. it. Don't do it. And then injury the thing. Although that, that is, a you know, if it gets late enough, the risk aversion factors change, right? Right, sure. I mean, if it's the eighth round and I'm, I'm not sacrificing a super high-quality pick, then, then sure, but... I'm trying to learn lessons from Doug Baldwin last year. <laughs> and then the other one that's really obvious is not like a strategy for at your draft, but it's something that hopefully people are doing. If they're not, it's the number one best way to improve. It's just mock drafting. Like, you have to be doing mock drafts so that you have the experience of what happens if I go tight end here? What happens if I try to get a fifth-round quarterback? What happens if I go running back, running back, running back? Do I hate you know, mock drafting just sets you up every, and it's different every year. So it's like if I mock drafted a ton last year and I was prepped and I've kept up with the news, I might not feel like I need to do mock drafts this season. But you really do need to get in there and and take actually, your reps. Get or your reps. Take your reps. You can play best ball on oh, Yahoo Fantasy. Even better, even, even better. better. Best ball is is then because it's for, for, for real, for real, for real. Do it on do it on our app and cut me the check, Yahoo. Come on. Mike, what do you have to add? To uh, so draft for, for draft strategies, go um, Stamos. Yes, <laughs> behave. Um, oh I'm, my god! <laughs> I mean, I'm waiting for the have mercy. I'm, I'm like chomping at the bit for it. Um, okay, okay, okay. Uh, I'm a patient no, lady. Like, I like to do a couple things. I'm uh, vacated targets. I, will, I like to look out for new opportunities for players. When, when we're talking about tight ends, the the guy like he's not really late anymore because. Uh, too many of us are talking about doing the Vance dance a little too often, but <sighs> Vance McDonald has a huge opportunity in Pittsburgh with 
Antonio Brown gone. His direct competitor, Jesse James, is is gone now as well. So I, I like looking for those opportunities. 225 right. targets In Detroit, vacated. Right? Yes. Paid him a lot of money <laughs> to draft a tight end. Like and, and Vance McDonald, he can, he can be a big play guy as well. I mean, we, we saw him steal the soul of another man. Uh, on on his huge stiff arm run, Chris Conti. Right. Yeah, Chris yeah. Does. <laughs> never forget. Uh, and then digging through the hype train and the coach speak, where it's it can be very difficult because everyone likes to say positive things about their players. What they don't like to say generally are negative things about players. So I I take those far more to heart when I when you start hearing a coach is upset. You hear that, Josh Rosen? <laughs> when I, oh, when I, that is a sticky yeah, Ro- subject. Rosen's in the, in the stream yeah. right, now, right okay. now. Yeah. So other than Josh Rosen, because I don't think he had fantasy relevance prior to these uh, tidbits, is there a player that you're hearing a negative, to use one of Matt's phrases, drum beats on? A reverse uh, drum beat. Not particular. Off the top of my head for negativity, but the, the one, like, the one positive, well, two positive places to really be wary of Anything that comes out of Seattle, of course. Like beware anything, and same with Miami. So, so like, generally speaking, that that uh, that media group down there, they get like, excited. They, I, I like that they love their team and they're supporting the skilled players. But there's how many off seasons does Devontae Parker yeah. have to be the winner? He owns them. Number like, one fantasy wide receiver this time of year. Yes, and and it's been the same thing. So just those two camps in particular, be very wary of. Does that mean you're in or out on Kalen Balage? I I am in because that's not what I'm buying into is what the team is doing. I'm not buying into beat reporter A over here saying, well, I'm I'm, I'm loving what I'm seeing out of Kalen Balage. No, it's Kalen Balage was the starting running well, back. It, it, there's, absence of, there's the absence of hype two factor for like the Lindsey Drake situation is a little bit the same where you just Lindsey Freeman? Uh, no, Philip Lindsey, where you don't hear so, much yes. about Lindsey. I'm sorry, yeah. And then <laughs> and then much about Kenyon Drake, where yeah. you know, you're hearing about Balazs, you're hearing about Royce Freeman, you're having that reinforcement factor, and you're not hearing the other side of it. So um, both of those situations, you don't have as much confidence in the, the RBBC, the Lindsey, the Where's Drake. Your, where, I just want to take your temperature on, um, since we're talking about these kind of immor- question marks surrounding different backfields, what about Tampa Bay? Mm. Now that's kind of a hot button issue for a lot of people. Uh, so I'm, I, I can say that I, I find myself more and more. So early in the off season, I still thought Peyton Barber was a value because he's the starting running back for a team, and he's pretty much borderline undrafted. He's several rounds behind Ronald Jones. But the more and more that that situation keeps developing, and you say, okay, they both have a chance. They're both going to split into each other. I'm kind of out on both guys. I don't believe Ronald Jones is going to be a great NFL player. I didn't last year. You know, I I said he was going to be a bust right off the bat. So I'm kind of sticking to that. But if he gets 75 more carries, which isn't that much more because he had nothing, then he's going to eat into Ronald Jones. 75 total carries. He's going to eat into Barber. If he clears 2.0, he's going to eat into Peyton Barber, and they're both just going to be worthless. Well, and that's the issue on Jones, though, is that you've seen a lot of running backs with less talent do succeed because of circumstance and so the uh, that is something that we're we're certainly tracking like is there is the barber is there going to be more hype one way or the other on which of these backs i don't think barber controls anything in the situation basically because he doesn't have the 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 ability to do so 
Jones can both win and lose the job for himself with pass protection, fumbling, big plays could get him more time on the field. And we're used to, I mean, Bruce Arians was our head coach out in Arizona for years and years and years. He has Andre Ellington. I know, you know, I'm not talking about Ellington as a fantasy value, but as a disruptor of that backfield, as a player that will be in on third down, he started in Arizona as the RB1 for Arizona for one season, injury-prone guy. But, you know, old-school coaches, they've got their guys, and if he steals some third downs away, I just don't know how productive any of those guys will be. Yeah, and Eileen, I, I'm still good taking Peyton Barber. It's a dirty deed, but someone's got to do it. Got the back. God bless you. Exactly. And Bruce Arians, I mean, we saw him. We saw him draft David Johnson. We all watched David Johnson be by far the more explosive running back than Ellington and Chris Johnson. But both of those guys had to get injured before David Johnson got on the field because David Johnson had so many mistakes. He was fumbling the ball. He was missing his assignments. And if there were a few knocks on Ronald Jones coming out of college, it was. His pass protection is bad, and he fumbles. can't catch the he fumbles, and he can't catch the ball. Like those, those were the big hits on him. So I lean more that that Arians would stick with that philosophy of you keep messing up. I'm just going to put the player on the field who maybe you're more talented than him than Peyton Barber is, but that doesn't matter because I know I can rely on what Barber. So you're does. saying come Thanksgiving, it's going to happen. Ronald Jones season starts after Turkey Day. This is what's happening. That's I don't think I, I said that at that all. That is exactly what you're saying. I refuse to. I think she heard something completely different. <laughs> yeah. What? Are you? <laughs> are you all in on Rojo? That. You? You're a Rojo believer. Um, I, I, I am listening to the drum beats. I was last year. I. But you know what? I'm not going to apologize for any of this. It is a work in process. It is a situation that's developing. But you know who did apologize was Le'Veon Bell to his fantasy uh-huh. owners from last year for having sat out the entire season. Before we get into this, and we're going to ask each of you to give a fantasy apology from a take you had last year. Yeah. But Matt, you haven't said much, which has been delightful. Um, <laughs> so let's let's mix that up a little bit. <laughs> I know you have particular feelings. Matt gets big feelings about stuff. Yes. Um, and this is something that's hashtag triggered you. I have never needed anything less I'm than so apologies from players to fantasy owners, these whiny goofballs out there about what's what you don't players you don't owe us an apology you don't owe anyone an apology because let me tell you what these snakes out there that's what they are they're going to come back and they're not going to support you forever just because you apologize one time like let me tell you melvin gordon remember he issued an apology last year and i felt that one agreed cool because you two are normal, lovely, well-adjusted humans. But I bet you a <laughs> that lot is of... not what you say when the record <laughs> button isn't on. Buddy. Mike is here. We have guests. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, a lot of those people are like, oh, so cool. Melvin Gordon apologized. He really cares about his fantasy owners. Do you think they're all saying that now that he's about to screw their teams this year? No, probably not. So it doesn't buy you any goodwill. It's just a waste of time we have to go through this performative exercise on twitter (laughs) where we think it's so cool i've never needed anything less you don't owe us anything here's who i want an apology from coaches 
Coaches can control, like, it, it'd be like, I'm sorry, I want to pass the ball more. I want to pass at the goal line. I'm thinking about fantasy, not winning my NFL games. That's what I want. You want happen. the Adam Gaze I, apology for Kenyon Drake? Yes, I really do I want mean, that. I mean, Adam Gaze owes a lot of apologies. Yeah. And I worry that he's going to owe an apology on Lev Bell at the end of this year. He already that, owes him an apology. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> That's already started. That's for not wanting him. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm sorry I didn't want you. Yeah. So let's let's talk about our takes. I'm going to go first and just get it out of the way. I was very wrong about the quarterback competition in Cleveland. Oh, ah, can we share this one? That oh, you, yeah, you guys are yep. going the same one. I oh. wrote sentences that See, included Ty God will rise this fall and look a lot like the 2017 version of Alex Smith in the process. Ooh. I also wrote you a line that brought receipts on yourself. I sure did. Oh, self-aware human. This is um, really terrible. I also wrote, but Taylor's wheels, like the Cadillac of minivans, Ooh. are what really fuel his fantasy fire. I just, I, <laughs> I went all in. I will own it. I was wrong about Baker Mayfield. I think you're overpaying for Baker again this year, but that's a separate story. So, mea culpa. Can I jump in on that? Yeah, apology? Andy, hit me. Make because me feel better. Run I your line. believed that. Hugh Jackson was stupid like a fox and would keep him in there. And it was the narrative of the rut. He doesn't have to do much through the air because all he has to do is a little on the ground. Yep. And he tried. He, he did he try. He tried. Even right. after, for quite some time. Even after Baker took over, he's like, he I'm really going to go too safe yeah. on that one. Uh, <laughs> but what I, what I failed to foresee or they would say listen to from them was simply this, look, as soon as one thing goes sideways for him, it would be over. I thought he'd be the bargain at the end of the draft. Yes. But I like I like to tell these guys, the injury, you know, we're not as culpable as we could be because of an unfortunate injury. Otherwise, we would have been super right, obviously. Cool. Yeah. Um, but you get three right, chances, you know. right? And he only got one because of the injury. There's definitely yeah. like... I think he only got one because of the, the 101. Number one pick. Yeah, the, the number one draft pick in the NFL. He just needed to win Wasn't going to go game. on the field and then come that off. That would really change things. Would it not have? I mean, he did actually go out and have like a good fantasy game in week one, but he also completed like 37 and a half percent of his passes. Yeah, I don't passes. look at his statistical output so much, the passer rating, those things. I think his QBR was 33 on the year. But um, yeah, no, I owe in a formal. I'm coming clean. Is this going to be yours as well? Are we going to share yeah, this Yeah, we're sharing okay. it because this was, I had to go to Tyrod. I haven't addressed it since, the, <laughs> since last year. Formal apology for the Tyrod recommendation. There was too much that could go wrong, even though there was potential for right. There was too much that could go wrong to endorse him. It feels still feels it terrible gonna, to say. I feel yeah. like there was too much that could go wrong and very little that could have gone right. I the think it went about as right as it could have gone good. for you, to be honest. Uh, all right, Harmon, are you up? Uh, am I up? You have to ask my permission. Sorry, when do you ever ask my permission it. to talk? Well, you never know. I'm really trying to put put it on for the guests here. For uh, sure, Matt, so go ahead. I think that one thing I need to apologize for, and I've actually, I feel like I've apologized for this. Yes. Many times. <laughs> is that last year I was really off Juju Smith-Schuster completely, <laughs> right? <laughs> and that was a bad look for me. Um, I and how did it pan? What? How did it pan out? Well, it didn't pan out well because he was pretty <laughs> awesome. Oh, okay. uh, he was great. Got like, and here's the thing though, because it's not enough to just apologize for something. As someone who's growing and developing as a human being, you know, especially when it comes to uh, being with other people in society, um, I think that one thing I, I'm also realizing is you can't just apologize. You, off, you also have to learn mm. from your mistakes. You also have to, to not do it 
again. It's one, it's, it's one thing to say you're sorry, but if you're just going to keep doing the same thing over Are and over again. out on Juju again? No, 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 no. What I'm saying is I'm not going to make the same mistakes okay. as I have previously. And that actually comes to the point of I know what I did wrong here. What I did wrong was I, I, I emphasized two points. I thought there wasn't going to be enough volume, and I thought that his statistics, like efficiency-wise, catch rate, whatever, would regress. But it doesn't matter because he was a good player in a good offense, and I'm learning from that mistake this year, and that's why I'm not out on Calvin Ridley because I think similar situation. Some statistics will regress. Good offense, good player. I'm going to bet on that this time. Mm. I'm going to learn from my mistakes. You know, it's a trap sometimes to look at that second wide receiver on the team because as a fantasy player, you want the opportunity for this magical, you're the only guy on my team, Julio Jones situation. And that's gotten me before, you know, being out on Eric Decker when Brandon Marshall was the one in New York or something like that. Along those lines, before we go to Jason's apology, Mike or Jason, feel free to chime in on this. But what is your take then on the Tyler Boyd situation? I think that Tyler Boyd is a good wide receiver. I don't think he's the number one. Uh, So I'm not expecting him to be It'll turn into an elite wide receiver now that it's essentially he's going to be the guy for multiple weeks to start the season. But his target volume is, is more guaranteed. Uh, he, he I think, needs Batman on the field where to, to increase the scoring opportunities, just be a better offense and have him be a key cog in that. I don't think that he can be the big cog, so to speak. So yeah, with- he's, he's, a, he's a safe pick, though, as long as his ADP doesn't, start ballooning because people are expecting big things for four weeks from Tyler Boyd. If he stays where he, he has been going, I think that he's a he's a fair value there as well. I think his upside is is limited without A.J. Green. The offense is hurt as a whole. The scoring opportunities, yeah, the targets will be up, and he might have more receptions without A.J. Green than with him. But overall, fantasy points, I think they're going to be down. And, you know, a lot's been made of the fact that he's, you know, he scored – a lot more points in games when A.J. Green was on the field last year than when he was off. But, you know, two-thirds of those games when A.J. Green was gone, Dalton was gone as well. So it's, it's hard to see that sample. But I, I agree with Mike. I like that. So I, I think we could all agree that the Bengals owe the people of Cincinnati many apologies. <laughs> but, Mike, what is your fantasy apology? Uh, so my fantasy apology, I have – we've been doing this for a while. And I was always, always out – on Rob Gronkowski every year. I'm not paying up. I'm not going to do it. And then this year (laughs) he slipped into the second round and it was, okay, I'm fine taking the tight end in the second round, which uh, apparently I didn't learn from that because I'm still fine taking Travis Kelsey in the second round this year. When he makes it there. Right. But I was like, I I went all in. It was the first hand of the night and I went all in. With Rob Gronkowski, and of he was my man. I drafted him everywhere, and after week one, I was taking my laps like this. This is going to be the best call I've ever made. Rob Gronkowski is going to be elite, and it it did not work. And now he doesn't play football anymore. <laughs> yeah, but he will come like week. I was going to say so. Oh, when he's week not in November. Back. He's yeah. not. Like, what are you? Uh, what are you going to do then? Uh, Since you're the Gronk whisper here. Look. Uh, straight from the source, being my own eyeballs, uh, I was at, I was at the ESPYS. I was ten feet away from Gronk. I mean, oh, basically, right. we were at no, the, right. we were at the same party. You know, we were at, at a yeah. restaurant, 
close friends. He does not look like he is. He's a, lost a, a lot of weight. He is not looking like an elite NFL tight end. I don't think he's coming. Okay. Yeah, like, I, don't think he's I have heard some whispers that he has from my sparrows. Oh. Yeah. You aren't the only one. He better friend. start hitting the gym. It's muscle memory. You saw what Hawk did in like the matter a matter of a month when you're a professional athlete. You can have some of your one of Harmon's protein shakes. Uh, he better talk to Julian to Edelman. Green juice. <laughs> no, that eliminates. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Jason, give us your fantasy uh, apology. Yeah, so my fantasy apology is I bought into the off season pass-catching hype of Jordan Howard last year. Mm. I mean, I was all into the point of, you know, every year we pick our my guys, uh, the guys that we're all in on, and I saw him as the guy that could take that shot at being a top-five type of running back because if he added pass-catching to his 250-plus you know, yards on the ground, I'm a believer in Matt Nagy and his system. So I, I made him my my guy, and it, similar to Mike, right? Like week one, oh, yeah, five yes. targets – Week two, four targets, that's still good. He's on a pace for 72 targets. <laughs> and then they realize, like... No amount of time on the jug yeah. machine can fix those hands. <laughs> it's a really bad pass catching <laughs> running back. Awesome. It's just... It, I mean, that was the issue. And so then they they were like, oh, yeah, uh, Cohen, you're, you're in. Um, and so, yeah, Jordan Howard didn't end up being a pass catching back the rest of the way. He sucked. He was the running back 20 so uh, all three of our apologies, they're either retired or they have new teams. So that's, <laughs> right. that's kind yeah, of yeah, that's go well. But, but here's the thing. I, I, I'm worried that I'm learning right now because Matt Harmon just said, I, I want to not repeat that mistake. And he likes Calvin Ridley. And I find myself doing the exact same thing with the exact same team and the exact same personnel I did last year. Because I believed that Matt Nagy really wanted a three-down back, a guy that is going to come in and catch the ball, be a first and second down back. Now they trade up with low draft capital. They didn't have many assets. And then they go get David Montgomery, who has that skill set. So now I'm like, I'm all in. David David Montgomery is going to be a pass catcher and the first and second down back. And I'm realizing... I might be making the same mistake. But listen, Jason, sometimes the mistake is the one you didn't make in life. Think about that one for a second, right? Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes it's the choice you didn't make is the mistake. So I love that you're mentioning the Bears because I want to start an NFC North preview. We'll begin in Chicago, my hometown. David Montgomery, a very hot fantasy topic. Brad Evans, our colleague, Oh, he's drooling every day. Goodness. Don't even have to set it up. So, I'm glad he's not here for this discussion. <laughs> I'm glad he's not here for a few reasons, but that's. So, talk to me about. Um, let's start with David Montgomery, and then if you guys want to each take any, uh, each go, and if you have Bears takes, we'll yeah. we'll get to those. I'll bring the Cohen side of the Montgomery argument since these guys are. You know, I like Montgomery, but I think sometimes we we think we have to pick and choose one guy. And Cohen lined up 20% of the time in the slot last year, 13% of the time at wide receiver. He was the RB13 being drafted at like RB28 now. I just think he's being lost in the shuffle here. He's too good of a player. Cohen just is. To, to read Cohen is. Huh. So I, I am concerned that the hype for Montgomery, the high average draft position, is causing people to lose sight of the fact that I think Cohen's a very valuable flex guy that'll probably finish in the top 20. I don't think RB13. Uh, Howard, you know, had 250 carries, so it wasn't like, I mean, Cohen wasn't leaning on the running game. He had under 100, so I just think that Matt Nagy's smart enough to use Tariq Cohen frequently, often, put him in space, let him do what he does. 
And he was actually a pretty consistent running back last year, even though he wasn't the prototypical guy. So that's kind of been my, like the last week, we've been talking a lot about it. Like I, I think David Montgomery, I think he want, they want him on the field all the time, but they have two back sets. They have some opportunity for Cohen to still get on the field. So I just don't want Cohen lost in the shuffle. And I have been asked to represent him here. Matt, yeah. you had thoughts about Cohen though. Yeah, I think it's interesting because he's one guy that he kind of is right. I've talked to this several times on the show about like the disgusting rounds five through eight running back range. He kind mm-hmm. of starts that off where I start to feel a little like, you know, round five. Do I really want to take Tariq Cohen? But, you know, I've heard you and other analysts kind of make this pitch for him. And I'm starting to feel a little bit better about it because he hasn't gotten a too expensive. And also, you know, I expect the Bears to regress defensively because that's just what happens, folks. When you're week. that when you're that good, yeah, you're you that will good. not be that good. And you lose your DC. Yeah. And you lose yeah. your defensive coordinator. Uh, and so I, I've been saying, like, shock, I'm back in on Allen Robinson this year because I think they're going to throw more. Back in like you l- were out ever? Fair point. Uh, <laughs> so I, I'm in on Allen Robinson this year because I think they're going to throw more. But that would also lend you to think probably should be taking Tariq Cohen in round five. Do you like Cohen more than James White? Because they go uh, similar places in drafts. I have not really found myself taking either, to be honest, or at least prioritizing one or the other. Um, But I think if I was to take one, if I'm in a scenario where I'm considering either one of those guys in round five, I probably have not taken a lot of security at running back early. So for that reason, I think I'd go with White because I find him to be a little bit safer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would as well. My, 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 my problem with Cohen, take? well, we're talking Cohen, and we want to talk about regression. I mean, he was his rookie year, it's his rookie year, but only uh, 6.7 yards per reception. What he did last year, what I don't think people realize was, like, historic. Since the year 2000, there's only eight instances of a running back who has 70 or more receptions and cleared the 10-yard per reception mark, which he did, meaning he was awesome last year. And and it works against him on this show. Well, yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> works against him because I don't see him clearing 10 yards per reception again. And I do see David Montgomery eating at least into some of that, where let's say he drops from 91 targets that he had last year, with, similar to the Peyton Barber-Ronald Jones discussion. It doesn't take a lot of work to be siphoned by David Montgomery to all of a sudden Tariq Cohen is not even close to worth his draft price. I mean, you, you take you take 15 to 20 targets away. That's a huge, huge hit for, for Cohen. Any other Bears? Uh, you know, you my, talk the, about some- the biggest question to me with the Bears is Trubisky because I love Allen Robinson as a talent. I love Anthony Miller. Tariq Cohen is yeah, great. Taylor Gabriel as, you know, just a burner. I like Matt Nagy. I like everything about this offense except yeah. Trubisky, the quarterback. It's a so Chicago where, way, friend, not since Sid Luckman. It's just one of those things where it's like there's so much lined up where maybe, maybe he comes out and he takes that level up. That maybe he grows step, like we're trying to grow. He's a superstar because with Nagy and these weapons, he should be – awesome for fantasy and he runs the ball so Trubisky is the the biggest one of the biggest question marks in the entire NFL to me because I don't believe he's a really great quarterback I think he's an average quarterback at best and if he's only average with all those weapons it works against each one of them because they're all going to be involved Tariq Cohen and Anthony Miller and Taylor Gabriel are going to take away from Allen Robinson and vice versa and so it's like I find myself drafting no pass catching bears at all 
because I don't believe in Trubisky, but I do recognize that the world exists where Trubisky proves that take wrong, and then it, there's immense value. I, I just, he's too inaccurate to me. So he can be your, but okay, so to this point, I agree with 100% of what you're saying. Where is the consideration for Trey Burton as a post-type sleeper then? Because if you are going to make a quarterback efficient, why not do it with a big body, even if volume and targets are sort of an issue? And not for nothing, I think eight times last year, and this is a testament to the tight end position in general, Trey Burton was able to put up top 12 numbers. He's a perfect post-type sleeper. It takes tight ends a while to learn a a brand new system. You see that when rookies come in. And so uh, he's a perfect post-type sleeper. Nobody wants him. He's free. You can have him at the end of drafts. And when you're comparing Trey Burton to other tight ends in that range, I like Trey Burton there. Um, That would be a good – when he was bringing up Mark Andrews, I was thinking of Trey Burton because he burned people last year hashtag burn. He, was, yeah. he was rude yeah he, he uh he's Does not he owe you an Christmas apology card. he owes me an apology for sure 100 percent. but at actually i think trubisky burton, owes me the apology at least the price for burton or miller if you want a shot at what if with trubisky the price is nothing yeah yeah and miller not hurt this year oh, he had that separated shoulder and his i think the issue of the is the fear of the touchdown aggression for miller right mm-hmm. because his end zone target share was 80, like yeah. 20%. I, it wasn't great, right? And But then he scored uh, 13 touchdowns. It was 13 touch, yeah. end zone targets and seven touchdowns. Seven he was a great red zone receiver in college, too. Hurt, yeah. you know? Second so, round pick. I mean, and I'm, he's, good, I'm uh, good available. Yeah, I think we get him in the 11th or 12th round yeah. of 12 team exercises. So let's stay with you, Jason, because you talked about my guy of 2018 mm-hmm. last year. It's interesting that you didn't equate Jordan Howard to your guy this year in some <laughs> ways because it's on Johnson oh, who yeah. is definitely a better pass catcher. I'm not going to go there. His it's pass phenomenal. level we can talk about later. Yeah. But the best um, he's ever been. He is a much better pass catcher. So it's not a, an exact comp, sure. but the exit of Theo Riddick obviously leaves his pass catching a bit like his pass catching opportunities wide open. And that is why you have put him in your top 13? Yeah. No, actually, I had him, and this this can sound hot takey. It's really not. It's true belief. When Theo was there, I had Carrion Johnson as the running back 11. Mm. I be- I believed that Carrion was taking over that work. And, and it's not insane at all, because from week three, <laughs> where Carrion Johnson took over the starting job, to week 10, when he got injured, he was like the running back 14. I mean, he was on pace for 210 carries. He was on pace for something like 66 targets. And that was with Theo Riddick there. And so I expected him to take a step forward coming into this year as the uh, presumptive starter. He wasn't the starter last year. It was LeGarrette Blunt. He didn't go into camp as the guy. The competition of C.J. Anderson and Zach Zinner, I know they're going to be involved. But he is too good at 5.4 yards per carry coming out of college. He was the guy, I'm like, man, he is unbelievably talented. And I looked and I looked and I I watched so much film on this guy. I just, I really believed. Then you saw it in the NFL. You've already seen him as far as efficiency. When he touches the ball, he is electric. He he, Fantasy points per touch, he was great. Now his touches are going to go up. I think the offensive line is a little bit better. And then Theo Riddick gets out the way. I'm all in. But just all my all my chips are stacked. And Andy is is RB fighting 16, against me because right? he's so worried. Correct. I have an RB15. Yeah. So yeah. you no, and I will I, be on. This is the kind of situation we're in where races. giving him a pretty nice RB2 ranking is a deep 
personal insult to my colleague for some reason. It just comes down to the circumstances and the way that, that head coaches look through a different lens and the fact that this was a team 24th in the league in scoring yeah. in a division that's brutal. It's gross with, offense. With, yeah, I mean, with the Vikings defense and the Bears defense and the fact that every year you get two or three guys in the top 10 at running back on losing teams, teams that are below 500. Is he going to beat out Saquon in that category? Is he going to beat out Mixon in that category to mm-hmm. get into that top 10 category? These guys believe yes. that's the oh, case. I thought we were Wait, answering the question. What about exposure to the goal line as like a, yeah, a not so durable I, back when you have CJ Anderson and you have Zach Zenner there? What about game flow? Like, I am all, I drafted him as an RB3 last year, but top 13, top 12? Who are you pushing down? Then, okay, that better question is, so Damian Harris not in your top 12. Williams. Damian Harris is not in my Correct. top 12. Correct. <laughs> We're going to ask you the hard questions here yeah. about the Yahoo Fantasy Football uh, No, I mean, I, I, can, I can tell you right now, the guys that I've got uh, behind him that people won't like, uh, James Conner, obviously right like now him. Melvin Gordon losing games. Uh, Damian Williams is a spot behind him. So, I mean, th- those are the guys. And I'm 50-50. Right now, I've got him behind Joe Mixon in my rankings. But if I'm personally on the clock and I'm looking at those two guys, they're in very similar situations to me. I do think Mixon has a more assured uh, market share within his team for sure. And we've seen it already. But that's a tough call to would it, would That's it where I'm like, feel- hey, anybody want to trade up get Mixon? Would it make you feel better to know that I have carry on at RB15 in PPR leagues? Would it, that make you feel any better? That hurts me okay. deeply. Sorry. Andy, I'm with you. Where, um, do you. where do you have him, Harmon? You're so quiet. Oh, he doesn't rank. He's uh, a prince. I don't, I don't He's don't not allowed to. I don't officially rank. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Connor or carry on? I feel like Jason kind of has me convinced a little bit. Yeah, on, on my man. Johnson. I, oh, look, I was with you that I thought theoretic would not be an issue anyways. I thought he was going to cut one way or another. I didn't think it'd be like an hour after a piece that I wrote about it went live. I didn't think <laughs> of that was going to happen, but I, I did expect him to have those targets anyways. But um, the th- it's, it's tough because you make a good point about the offense, but this bad offense will be based around him. And I don't think it will be so trash. Like, I think they'll be a better Not if you can't Giants. pick up the blitz. Fair point. Uh, he'll, he'll still run out. And you're not picking up the blitz if you're running out to catch the ball. So exactly. we're all in agreement that this is going to be a run-friendly offense. The Patriot. I mean, I'm sorry. The Lions have been very... <laughs> well, they're going to try to. They're going right, to try to. Yeah. And they are... So the theory is that Matt Stafford won't have... Or won't want to push or won't be required... None of these adjectives are actually... None of these are right. He won't be directed to push the ball towards Kenny Galladay. He may be required to. He may have to. What do we do about Miles Mo- Boykin 1.0? <laughs> the passing game is is something that... I want to stay away from. Yeah. I mean, as far as the Galladay Jones situation, like that, go get Jones wherever you can get him because I don't think there's, it's it's kind of like a target agnostic, goal line agnostic situation there for me. Like I think Stafford's going to throw it to whoever's open and you're going to have Jones weeks, you're going to have Galladay weeks, but you're going to pay more for Galladay. So, you know, this is gone are the the Calvin Johnson Stafford days, gone are the guaranteed 4,000 plus you know, seasons. They say he was banged up last year. I wouldn't be surprised if he's better this year than last year. But again, tough division, not a lot of confidence in in what Patricia's putting out there on offense right now. And you can want to run the football, but what happens when you're down at halftime? What happens when those, you know, 
uh, Hugh Jackson wanted you Isaiah throw Crowell to carry on. That's they, what you. They wanted do. Isaiah Crowell to have 560 carries in Cleveland. It didn't happen because you're down by three touchdowns at halftime. I don't know what. It's like Mike Tyson used... says. Everyone's got a plan to yeah. get punched in the face. That's true. You said it earlier about you know the the number two in a high flying offense can kind of throw you off there, and I look at Kenny Galladay and I think. Yeah, I could get the number one receiver on this very low volume offense, or a little bit later, I can get the number Chris one Godwin. receiver. Oh no, <laughs> I could go get. Well, I could go get Chris Godwin sure. in Tampa Bay, or Calvin Ridley in Atlanta, or I could get DJ Moore in Carolina, the number two in that high flying. Oh, offense. So, oh yeah, sneaking it's, that it's, one yeah, in there. It's, it's all. It's all. It's just all a little bit of a debate there. I'm, um, I'm in on Marvin Jones. I'm like, I'm back in on Marvin Jones. If you look at his opportunity last year compared to two years ago when he was. An elite fantasy player was a, he was a wide receiver one in a lot of scoring formats. Everything was the same for Marvin Jones. They just a little bit of the uh, a little bit of the efficiency bit him in the butt, where he didn't come down with as many 50-50 balls in the end zone, which he was. I mean, he was the, and then he got like, hurt. He was Tyler Lockett-ing, uh, two years ago before Tyler Lockett did it, and it was like I'm saying the pace was the same. His air yards nine hundred air yards in nine games. When he was great, 1,600 air yards. Like Literally all of his opportunity metrics are the same, or were the same last year as they were two years ago. But now he's he's written off because Kenny Galladay is allegedly... The pretty new thing. The, the yeah, he's the toy. new hotness, and he's he's the number one where I don't think they have a number one wide receiver. <laughs> Mike, if you were choosing between Geronimo Allison in like the ninth round mm-hmm. and and or MVS in the 10th round. Which one of these two Green Bay Packers, that's where we're going next, are you buying? I'm, or is the answer neither? No, I'm Team Geronimo. Really? Yes. Gimo? He's wrong. I am very, I am. He's wrong. So you think that like a six foot three, 196 pound receiver who's only spent 12% of his time in the slot and back-to-back seasons because it is going to be the third the number two, number three, I guess, in this offense. Number it's two receiver. It's nice when someone tells you you're wrong in a question. Form. Yeah, I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I yes, love it too. Because, uh, because I. And you know he's only there because he's not a good enough separator to be on the outside. That's the guy right. who was That's averaging another, like 75 you know yards that. a game before he got hurt. That yeah, guy. Think, things happen. Uh, I I like him because I've I have seen him do it with Aaron Rodgers. I've seen him have success, and I haven't seen Marquez. Okay. That's but that's fine. How much success have you seen MVS have? He had some moments last year before he you know got phased out or whatever. Yeah, oh, man, that's yeah, he's running his routes so correctly. He's okay with Aaron, that Patriots right? game, he yeah. was dominant. No, you sure. it, you have every right to pick like, him. I mean, that was the, the right. question. I mean, I'm just saying, and, the cheaper you're guy. And, it, and it's not yeah. it's not well in the the ninth or the tenth round. That's me going to to Jack in the box saying, do I want the two tacos or am I going to pay up for the cheeseburger? I mean, it's the price difference is, is so negligible I mean, at that point. Did he say Del Taco? He's a Jack, Jack in the Box. Jack in the Box. Which is also like, <laughs> there's no reason you should be a Jack, a Jack in the Box, and there's probably no reason you should uh, yeah, you can get two tacos guys. for a dollar, yeah. my man. Oh, you should do- no. <laughs> my man. I've never been to Jack in the Box. I don't you know. guys oh. haven't lived. You Really? You've I've never been. You've lived here this, this long, and you've never Look, been to Jack in the Box. You've never just ac- accidentally found yourself after... At a Del Taco, but not a... Del Taco's got to It's an experience... Two times for Jack in the Box on the way in, on the way and out. On the way out. I was gonna say, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, and and I'll trust Aaron Rodgers, who is incredible throwing two slot wide receivers. I mean, 
his yes. he's one of the best of all time when it comes to passer rating. Oh, yeah, right. Well, I'm well, just, but and just I saying. mean to your point, and this is why I ask you because it's not an easy choice, right. and that's why there are so many quote experts who are split. But as Aaron is aging, we've seen him have nagging injuries over the seasons. There's a new head coach in theory in town. Is he going to want? To Wait, but Aaron Aaron Rodgers is still there, right? He is. So the head coach is still Aaron Rodgers intact. <laughs> so they're sharing this position. They're co-managing <laughs> the team. <laughs> okay. Co-managing and. I would imagine that as he's aging and maybe wanting to protect himself, maybe he does want a receiver that's working on the inside more than having to funnel it on the outside as much, especially if Devontae Adams. I mean, we'll talk about defensive pressure and and, um, talent, but Devontae Adams is going to be the guy. Matt made this point on the pod last week, and I thought it was actually quite astute. Maybe everybody (laughs) um, just cannibalizes each other after Aaron Jones and Devontae that, Adams. I think that's a worthy yes, thing to think about fair. because you you kind of get into this bad habit with Rodgers or Brady sometimes of the next yeah. the next guy is going to be the next uh, you know Gronkowski. It's going to be the next. Um, oh man, Lacoste! <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we've seen you know James Jones and and Jordy yeah. Nelson. Maybe they're better. You know, maybe Jordy's pretty good, and maybe you just can't replace him right. overnight. And it takes time. I think we've seen this with Aaron Rodgers and these rookies. Like, it's it takes time to build that rapport a yeah. little bit. And the only thing, the reason I have a little bit more confidence in MBS, and I think both guys can be drafted late and take that shot, why not, is that Rodgers, he just likes to buy time and wait for that guy downfield. And MBS is such a burner with such natural talent. And so I, I lean the direction of the big play because if they do cannibalize each other, Give me the big play opportunities, not the slot guy. Yeah, he's what six four, ran a four three seven. I mean, he's he, you know, Aaron Rodgers said a lot of great things about him this offseason. Said he's an every down player. That's what he's saying about MBS. And yeah, I mean, Geronimo got off to an awesome start last year. The first four games before he got injured, he was averaging seventy six yards a game. So I mean, they they can both be good. But if you're just looking at small samples, I mean. MBS had a four-week stretch where he was averaging 79 yards a game. Yes. Um, and so now that they did he get hurt and then have give him give me an excuse. No, he well, didn't. But th- during those weeks, <laughs> I mean, during those weeks, MBS. I mean, but he was a rookie. Start, a rookie. He was they a rookie, and he's he's got more physical talent. I went back because I wasn't sure. I was I was team Geronimo for uh, you know you know yep. starting the season. I was like he's he was my sleeper pick, but with everything that was coming out of. Green Bay, all the beat reporters talking him up. I went and I watched a bunch of interviews. So then I went and I rewatched every snap on MBS and Geronimo, and I made a complete flip. I just thought the guy on the outside is the more valuable fantasy asset in this system. I know we've seen Randall Cobb dominate from the slot, but MBS has crazy burner speed, and he's talking about this new system, they're finally using him with that speed. Last year, they had all these games where they were... He was the slot guy. He, he was like a he big was, slot guy. Exactly, year, and they were using weird. him near the line of scrimmage, thinking maybe his speed could, you know, run away from guys, but he, that that wasn't, they weren't using him right. So I, I think MBS can be a breakout player this year. The take is Devontae Adams, wide receiver, one for <laughs> right, all. Yes. Like, yes. That's, that's the take. Is the Aaron Jones hamstring issue, I know that we all get a little bit worried about those soft tissue issues, is that Anything right now to move the needle? Are you just ignoring it? Are you paying credence at all to the Dexter Williams hype? In Dynasty. I mean, in Dynasty, I'm looking at him, but I still think Aaron Jones is... Uh, it worries me. Yeah. It yep. worries me, personally, because, I mean, and I 
Like head injury issues. Aaron Jones was up on my whiteboard as a my guy for this year until about a week and a half ago. And then the hamstring injury came, but I was losing confidence in you just the snaps. I mean, just enough snaps. And if you're losing time right now, what is that doing? New coaching staff. I'm just I do have pause. I I love the talent, but sometimes that doesn't matter enough. Yeah, hamstrings, they just keep coming back over and over. So, well, you know, I'll move his risk rating up in our ultimate draft kit and make sure that that's, you know, in there. But I still believe, I mean, the Green Bay Packers had the lowest rushing attempts in their franchise history last year, which was also the lowest rushing attempts of every team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think they're going to repeat that, certainly not with a guy coming in that last year had a pass-to-rush ratio favoring the rush. Aaron Rodgers isn't that style of quarterback that usually throws 650 passes. You know, he's he's an efficient guy. He's had running backs like Ed Lacy that that can help the team on the ground and open things up for his efficiency. So if they go to middle of the pack Green Bay and and they they're up at 416 total rushing attempts, as like the 15th, you know, most in the league, then even if Aaron Jones doesn't take more of the market share, which I think he will get more of the market share, he he still rises. You know, so the the water level will raise all the ships there if they're running more as a team. So I I do like Aaron Jones, but hamstrings suck. Um, so gives you pause. If, the thing is, right now he's so late. Already, we, I mean, not, so late. Not that late. I'm, I'm looking say, at him right now, Jay, and here's the running backs going right behind. Okay, him. that's that's important. So your your opportunity cost of taking Jones means you are not drafting Marlon Mack. You're not drafting on Johnson. Oh well, yes, I am. You're not <laughs> drafting Devonta Freeman. Uh, yeah, you're so, not drafting Josh Jacobs. I mean, these these are yeah, all guys. That, no, that's tough. That probably moves the hamstring right now. Probably moves him if I had to draft today. Yeah, and he's not healthy after several weeks in camp. If I was drafting today, I would probably draft. All of those guys certainly carry ahead of him. A player that we talk about, another running back, moving to a system that's supposed to be more run focused. It's obviously the Vikings because it's the last team in the division we haven't discussed. Flip is out of there. Seattle happens. Flip refuses to ground the ball. He gets fired. Now there are all of these running back czars managing this Michigas. Dalvin Cook is one of those players that's been electric when he's on the field, but his availability hasn't necessarily been consistent. I still like him because you know what? Running backs get hurt. Like, S happens. So I'm going to lean into the excitement while he's there. What about you? Are you tempering your expectations? Andy, Mike, Jason, any of you? Oh, and Andy's the Dalvin Cook truther. So yeah. I'm right there with him. Yeah, I mean, it's just he's going to get goal line. He's going to get passing game. He's going to get it between the tackles, and the team wants to run the football. So then you are only – and all the evidence of him on the field has been good fantasy numbers. So – you really are only playing the injury game with him. So when you look at somebody that you can take in the second round that can finish in the top six guys in, in fantasy, I think Dalvin's in that category. So I, I love him. I pick him up in a lot of drafts right now. Uh, I've got Dalvin as my running back six. Yeah. Um, so I'm, I am very all in on Dalvin Cook. I mean, I think Andy said it well. We already know he will succeed. We've seen it every time he's on the field. It's just as he on the field, and that is a question for literally all Joe running Joe Mixon or Dalvin Cook? Dalvin. Dalvin. Wow. Okay. What, what about yeah, especially after the injuries to the Cincinnati's offensive line and yeah. Nick Chubb or Dalvin? That was Sorry, what I was honey. That's what I was gonna ask. Yeah, I'll go Dalvin. I would go Dalvin, Dalvin as well. Yeah. Oof. That's a tough one for me. That that's is, a, that's the one that I'm one. always debating. Yeah. I just posted like. a poll about this today. It's, it's, it's a oh, tough I didn't one. check your Twitter. I'm yeah. so sorry. Apologies. Maybe accepted. I'll do it later. 
Do you believe uh, that Duke will take some snaps away in third down? Oh, and now that we're talking about the Browns, that's not, what we want to do. Not meaningful snaps. Yeah. What about there? So everyone's in on Dalvin Cook. Mike, where do you are? You I, also top six? You can't be that high on. No, team. no, okay. I've, I'm. He's a lot lower for me com- comparatively. I know that the hype is is there, and we have our plugged in inside sources who have said everything is Dalvin Cook. The entire offense is is oh is around Dalvin Cook. We'll we'll see. I mean, it's. I know that, yes, all running backs do get hurt, but when you have watched your superstar running back suffer multiple catastrophic injuries and then you spend a third-round pick getting his backup, and I really like Alexander Madison. He's not flashy Good. at all, but he's a guy who just can do everything. and Now I know he, why he likes Peyton Barber. And get the job done. Uh, I love that you brought. I wanted to ask because so a like, third round pick on Madison yeah, and is it's, interesting. It, it's hard to really glean anything from the couple games where the, after they made the the OC change in Minnesota, there's there is a real small sample size, and there was some weirdness in there where they played Miami and they blew them out, and everyone had a thousand fantasy points in that game. So I just I'm I'm more tempered in in this. It's going to be Dalvin Cook all the time because. If, if they do go that way, he will get hurt again. And his some guys' bodies have just proven. And Dalvin Cook was his. I mean, he just gets hurt on every level. So I think I think it would be a mistake of Minnesota to use him in a just an absolute three down grinder role. They, if they used him more like Alvin Kamara, I think that would be better for their team. Are you handcuffing Madison, or are you not wasting a no, roster spot I, and I, doing that? Ish in week ten. No, if if I'm taking Madison, it's not a handcuff situation. It's because I'm in a deep league and I'm gonna I'm gonna take him late and see if somehow he does get on the field and he's getting ten touches. Okay, right now, Adam, this is the, the last uh, bit of Minnesota. I think we want to discuss. Adam Thielen is being drafted ahead of Stephon Diggs. I feel like that is sacrilege. I'm pretty sure that my colleague here would agree with that estimation. Don't you always take you guys the guy that's like more fantasy points? <laughs> but do you depends, don't? depends on where your loyalties lie. <laughs> Harmon's Harmon is so into his brand. Reality of is the where reception lo- perception. Reality superstar. is boring. I know. I, I, I live in reality in the real world. We're I in reality town over yeah. here. Every year, there's the Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen question. Every year, Adam Thielen finishes ahead. I'm going to go ahead and just keep with what always happens. He but when you look at the regression, he has but a this lot of year. He, he has the he will lead in targets <laughs> for sure. I mean, I think the good thing is that like both of these guys are the right answer. Like right now I have uh Minnesota projected 20th in pass attempts in the NFL and that's enough it's it's lower because I think they're going to want to run the ball more. I think we're all in agreement there, but I think the fact that there's just nothing else going on in this offense you know I well, think they pay a lot of money to two wideouts and a quarterback and i, I mean, mean haven't right. you ever seen an nfl team pay frivolously for sure. perceived talent sure that like never spend a first round pick on a wide receiver you don't ever play the thing oh. is i mean that's the thing is like we're talking about laquan treadwell yeah. uh like and all these other fools on this roster like there's no one else to catch passes except Diggs and thielen so i think both these guys can get to 90 I, catches they're both great floor picks like at that three, four turn, and they can be your wide receiver too, especially if you take like, you know, Odell in the round one, two turn or something like that. Having one of these two guys, either one of them, I'm I'm real cool with. Yeah, yeah. I'm cool with either one. Yeah. So we, we argue that Thielen's 
better than Diggs. That's pretty irrelevant. They're both going to finish near each other. Well, Diggs is the better like they player. Do. But <laughs> Diggs will score more. Diggs might, might be more the passes. better player. He will get fewer targets. I'm just inter- I, I am interested that you're leaning this way since I believe it was Andy who said you wanted to focus on the outside receiver who has the big playability when given the opportunity, and that would be a tiebreaker for you. That's what you intimated. And so I agree with that. T- that I did that estimation. exact thing last year with the dig stealing. And, and look, Thielen showed the ceiling capability in that first half of the season too. So I like the fact that, you know, we know if this team comes out and Thielen, it's a Thielen game, at least his ceiling is a mm, week winning type good. of week for your team. Yeah. Thanks, man. I think, so that's going to be it for the (laughs) NFC North. Um, For our listeners, Matt and I will continue to preview each division um, without the ballers, unfortunately. But we will try this segment ain't going away. Buckle in. Um, But I think we have some questions for you guys. Um, Don't know where those are at, though. Right here. (laughs) (laughs) What is your name, sir, in the middle? First one one is from... uh, I got to, oh my God, I got to read these names. I'm never good at that. Someone named Raul uh, says, thoughts on Darius Geis? Uh, not I'm, his year. Yeah, I'm not. I'm Sadness. Not, I'm not digging wish it, Darius Wish it was Geis. his year. Wish it was his year. Look, it's it's similar to me of Jordan Howard being talked up in the passing game. You got a guy coming back off of injury that has struggled. The timeline is not one where you'd expect him to just be perfectly healthy to start the season. You have a guy who rushed for over a 1,000 yards in Adrian Peterson who's still there. I don't think they're just going to come in and say, you're the guy, you're all three downs. I don't expect the Redskins to be great. So, I, you know, I don't think I, – I won't have guys on a single team. Totally no, he was one you. of our thirst trap players. Yeah. Uh, last that week. means put the people are too thirsty for him where we're at. We're okay. at. Uh, just, just so clear. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I feel like we should explain that one a little putting, bit. Trying so to put it together. That's, that's but how the kids are talking these days. Yeah. Thirst. Trap. Well, he's the yes. youngest one, so he he knows. So he's got it. Um, Handy Quacker says, hey, footballers, Handy any key what? players, Handy Quacker, that's also apparently something the kids are saying. Hey, footballers, any key players you are keeping an extra eye on during preseason games? Players who would move significantly up or down your rankings based on what you see. If so, what are you looking specifically for? Great question. Long question, by the way. Who wants it? I didn't write it. Oof. I, I think there, I mean, there's probably a handful of players you want to see show themselves as healthy, right? I mean, we're going to see Hunter Henry back on the field for the first time in a while. You, I mean, there's a handful of guys that you'd love to see out there getting snaps, getting opportunities. Um, so anybody jump into mind? Curtis Samuel. I can't <laughs> wait to see Curtis Samuel. I mean, as long as he can make it to regular season. He'll be there. Ronald Jones is one, and Trubisky, um, to see both how the utilization is for Tampa Bay and to see if, like, I want to see with my own eyes has he leveled up? Because through preseason, you know, you're going to get in totality a game. And I, I just, I feel like you could watch Trubisky last year and see that he still had so many holes in his game. And so I, he's throw, one I'm, I'm going to keep an eye throw on. Throw your eyes on some rookies, too. I'm going to go watch yeah. David Montgomery. Go watch Miles Sanders. Go see so Damian Sanders. Harris, I really want to see. If what you believe. Jacobs. Yeah, Jacobs. I mean, I mean, that's a guy that we're drafting real high and has yeah. never been the number one guy. And I'm I'm in on him. Right. Dante but, Pettis. But you want to see if he's the one? You know, The, the one. If he Yes, I want to see if he's the one Neo for me. Yeah, I want to watch. Uh, I like Nebulous running back situations like like buffalo even though he had 
it feels pretty gross to draft a running back from Buffalo. But, but I keep doing it, though, because yeah. Sean McCoy's there in, like, the 10th round. Yeah. Yeah. Deontay Foreman? Oh, yeah, that's a good call. Deontay Foreman's a good one. Is, is LaShawn McCoy going to be on Buffalo when the season starts? Right, he's going to make Ronald Jones irrelevant in Tampa Bay. Ooh. He might do that. Jesse Ruiz wants to know, what round are you taking Justin Jackson if Melvin holds? If he holds out. So if we're getting out. closer to the season, I would take Justin Jackson eighth, eighth round. That's exactly what came to mind for me. Uh, you know, because Eckler's going to get it bumped up to yep. – I mean, where, would, where would you take Eckler then? Uh, I probably won't end up with Eckler because I think I he'll – end up with any Get too them. expensive. Yeah, he's mm. going to end up too expensive if he's out. And the thing with Justin Jackson is I wouldn't expect – you know, unless it's a trade, unless Melvin Gordon is traded and you know, okay, this is the group, then Justin Jackson will go higher. You're still getting a temporary player in Justin in Jackson. In a committee. In, in a committee. So, I mean, eighth would be the highest, but I don't think you'll probably have to take him that high. He, he's still going to be a guy that you can probably grab in the double-digit rounds. Do you think there's a world in which, so, like, Todd Gurley is interesting. We haven't really talked about him, but do you think there's a world in which if Melvin Gordon holds out, Austin Eckler, people are going to, Start taking him over Todd Gurley. Does this ever no, happen? No, not that high. No, I, I don't think. God, please, not in this region. Not that gap. That sounds like a thirst trap. <laughs> well done. Kinda nailed it there. Aaron wants to, Aaron Watson wants to know: Do we trust drafting Mahomes in the third round? No. And is no. he the number one quarterback? Sometimes not no both things yes. are true. Yes. No, and probably. Maybe no, Andy. and probably, even though the number one quarterback hasn't repeated in 15 years or something yeah, like that. Right. I mean, he, he, probably, he probably will, but I mean, you always think they will. Right? Yeah. Carson Wentz was going to do it and you know, or had the chance of finishing that year as number one, and the next year is going to be great, and then, you know. Whoever's number one, then people just take him in the third but, round, no matter what. Well, With Tyreek and then back, real people I can't draft, imagine. take him in the first round. Thing is, if, if yeah. you're drafting I can't imagine him, not number one, if you're no. drafting him in the third round, it's an okay draft pick, if he throws 50 touchdowns again, which is not going to happen. Otherwise, 60. got it. He's throwing 60. <laughs> right. I mean, otherwise, you're you're basically drafting him in the third round at his absolute peak ceiling. It's not like, uh, like I think if he throws 50 again and you draft him in the third, you're not just set up to win. You're just okay. No, you're set up to withstand wins. Right. Withstanding <laughs> right. victories. Yeah, withstanding but if, victories. You knew he was, if you knew he <laughs> but, was throwing 50... Where no, would if, he, if you knew if he was throwing knew, 50, you would... factual, like, done. That's where, where do you draft him? The, I would draft him in the third. Yeah. If I knew he was going to throw 5,000 or 50, I'll take, him in, I'll take him at the back of the first round. Yeah, that's what I would... But, you know... He's not, he's not going to do that, so you have to hedge the bets, and that's why he's in the third, and I wouldn't take him there. You wouldn't take him there, but we would take you guys anywhere. Thank oh, you for joining us. Plug your pod, please. Uh, we're your, we are the Fantasy Footballers. You can find our podcast wherever podcasts are found yeah you can find all of our rankings all of our uh articles from our writers everything at the fantasyfootballers.com as well yeah yeah check out the ultimate draft kit we got that going on right now we got the youtube channel perception mm-hmm. perception matt Harmon's involved yeah help matt out with some backslashes i heard yeah yeah go to receptionperception.com <laughs> buy, buy it there. that's fine that'll work this yeah. is my show damn it I, yeah you go for receptionperception.com it's good stuff our show Thank you. Um, it can be yours. It can be all yours sometimes. I don't soon. think I can carry this show. Andy, Jason, that's true. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We adored having you guys here. Listeners, Matt and I, or maybe just Matt, we'll see how this goes. Uh, we'll be no. back later in the week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Liz Loza 
underscore FF, at Matt Harmon underscore BYB, and of course, at Yahoo Fantasy. Thanks so much. Win big and we're out.